and welcome to the Greg Gardner Podcast. Great to see you guys tonight. I've got a lot of stuff to cover. I just finished uh, listening to oral arguments uh, for the Supreme Court, and uh, two arguments, Moody versus Net Choice, Net Choice versus Paxton. Essentially, Florida and Texas are going after the uh, big social media companies and saying, look, you can't discriminate based on viewpoints. You have to allow viewpoints because there was so much suppression of different viewpoints over the last three years on various issues. So um, so these cases are very interesting, at least to me, because free speech has become really one of my most important issues, one of the things I think about the most. Because if you lose free speech, you lose everything. I think it was uh, Dave Chappelle who said, um, we got the First Amendment and we got the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is only there in case the First Amendment doesn't work. And free speech is there at the First Amendment for a reason. It is the cornerstone that the whole democracy is built on. So these are really important, uh, important cases. And the reason is, is because social media has become the de facto town square. It has become the town square, and so we have these companies that have their own identities, their own cultures um, that are censoring, uh, and I'm not, they're regulating speech. And in some cases, the way this whole thing is wor- working is that that Florida and Texas are are attempting to to stop large social media companies from deplatforming people based on their own content moderation policies, but the argument they're creating is something like this, that big social media companies are where people go to exercise their First Amendment right. People should be allowed to express their opinions within the confines of the law without being deplatformed or censored by the social media platforms. The social media platforms are coming back and saying it's their First Amendment right to censure and deplatform because they have the right to free speech as well. But here's the rub. And I think Alito got into this. Uh, finally, finally, Justice Alito got into this. These plat- platforms enjoy legal protection that platforms they call common carriers like phone companies and internet companies receive. In other words, if you, pl- if you plan a crime on the phone or on email, you, you can't sue the phone company or the internet company for damages for that crime. However, neither of those companies is able to deplatform your content. So the phone company can't deplatform you. Uh, so they're protected in that way. It's not the same for social media companies. So it seems to me that you either let everyone say what they want and receive liability protection or you can you can censor whatever you want but become liable for those activities so it's the it's the difference between being a platform a common carrier or being a publisher now the truth really is is that these big social media companies are really neither and there needs to be legislation that that uh, addresses this new type of of company but guess what Congress is too lazy to really get into this issue. Um, When I was listening to uh, the Supreme Court tonight, uh, I noticed uh, most of the most of the justices are kind of up to speed. 
I think uh, Sotomayor went into this whole thing about misinformation, uh, about um, about big social media companies being able to combat misinformation. But the problem there is in the definition. Like if you think about the things that were considered to be misinformation two years ago, like uh, the the vaccine doesn't actually prevent you from getting COVID. Well, if you said that on formerly Twitter, you were deplatformed essentially, or at least you were shadow banned. But it turns out that that was true. Uh, there were many other things that that weren't allowed to be discussed during that time frame that turned out to be true. So Sotomayor was talking about misinformation, and uh, anybody can call anything misinformation at a certain time. And so we've got to be sure that we, I mean, like, when you think about it, you go, you walk down the grocery store aisle, and you see the National Enquirer and all those magazines, and they say that Matthew McConaughey married an alien and had a kid and all that stuff. Well, is that misinformation? Well, maybe it's misinformation, but we don't we don't take it down and then shut the grocery store down because that was misinformation. Some people believe that stuff. So we've got to really be careful about what we call misinformation or there's a new word, malinformation. That that that's defined as things that are true that don't cooperate with the conforming narrative. So there was information that was true about certain things going on with COVID, but it didn't fit the narrative, so they didn't allow it to move out there. So anyway, we got to be really careful about it. But these are really fascinating arguments, especially for tech nerds and for First Amendment people, that uh, I'm always amazed at how smart the justices are regardless of whether I agree with their points of view and how smart the attorneys are that are arguing these cases. It's just amazing how deep they get and how thoughtful their arguments are and how respectful the conversation is between the justices and even between uh, the uh, attorneys. They'll call, my, they'll call the other attorney my friend uh, and they'll make their points. So I urge you, if you get a chance, if you're into that kind of thing, Give it a shot and listen to it because it's really quite interesting. Uh, speaking of tech, um, Gemini AI was released by Google last week. It was a total disaster. And, and this gets to the issues around censorship, and not even censorship, but the way you can manipulate data through algorithms, uh, through AI, that generate answers that sway, that, that uh, compel in different ways. Like, for instance... You know, with this Gemini release, uh, every, everybody went crazy because you would ask it to go dredge up historical figures like the Founding Fathers, and they would all turn out to be people of color. Now, you see the intent there is to, is to be fair and to be woke and all that, but the truth of the matter is there weren't, you know, there were, these were a bunch of white guys, like it or not. That's just what happened. And, and it was, was generating... Everything but a white person, essentially. And I guess you probably didn't read about this if you only listen, read, or watch narrative news sources. But it was a total train wreck. And the good news, at least we could see how these algorithms are uh, rigged in a way so that they give you certain answers. And it was almost good to be able to see it so clearly because 
what you what you can't see is much more dangerous. What you can't see is the way these things are manipulated, and they give you they give you uh, answers that are not really seeking the truth, but really purvey a certain um, a certain uh, viewpoint. So uh, this was uh, good in a way that we could see what what actually happened. So this shows us the importance of being able to choose AI models. If you want woke AI, you can go get it. You can find it. In fact, the ones that are most, uh, you know, ChatGPT, I would say that was woke. You can't argue with it, though. Uh, you know, Jim and I won't use it based on what happened last week. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, you can hopefully, Grok will come out, and then that will be a different uh, type of AI. But you should be able to choose what you what you use. Uh, so, in other news, Trump won handily over Haley in South Carolina this week, or on Saturday. South Carolina is my home state. Um, in any other situation where a former governor of a state loses their own state by 20 or 30 points, that would be it. It would be over. But Haley continues to get heavily funded by never-Trumpers, Democrats. Uh, and I was thinking about this scenario where, you know, what if Haley goes over to the no-labels party. There's this no labels group that wants to bring in candidates uh, that, are, that are neither Republican or Democrat. So what if she has a no labels candidacy or even she goes and, and challenges Bobby Kennedy, uh, RFK Jr. in the independent sector? Then you could roll that out and you could see that there could be a four-way race, Biden, Trump, Haley, Kennedy. Kennedy's already polling at around 17 or 18% because he's taken in really dissatisfied Democrats who don't want to vote for Biden and some dissatisfied Republicans. And I'll tell you what's attractive about him is that while, you know, I probably disagree with him on 60 to 70% of all of his positions, the 30% that I do agree with him on are so profound and powerful. He got it right on free speech. He understands free speech. He understands freedom and individual freedom. He understands democracy. Uh, and so he is very attractive to a lot of people on both sides. So who would take away votes from who? I don't know. Uh, would uh, Kennedy take more votes away from Trump or would he take more votes away from Biden? Hard to say. Uh, and then you've got Haley on the other side. But it could be really interesting if you had a four-person race. I don't think Kennedy's getting out. Um, I think he's in it for the long haul if he can get on all the ballots. But we'll see what happens. Um, and now, speaking of censorship, one of the things that's amazing is that uh, Michael Schellenberger released the number of former, former intelligence officials that now occupy content moderation positions within big tech. So this kind of relates to the uh, Supreme Court story. It's interesting how there's this revolving door around people in the intelligence community and social media companies, especially when it comes to content moderation. So, so in, uh, in the intelligence community, there are these things called PSYOPs, psychological operations where whatever the target is, whatever the target country is, they'll have a whole group of uh, intelligence agents that go out and develop uh, communications plans on how to sway the general population on 
how to think about certain things. Well, this is sort of similar, and especially with regards to Twitter over the last three years before Elon Musk bought it. We had a stream of intelligence um, agents that moved from government into Twitter to kind of massage the narrative, especially around COVID and then around the election. And what was released was the number, and it's a huge percentage of people in the content moderation parts of these organizations and being in big tech, I understand how these companies are censoring viewpoints that don't fit the narrative. And so the revolving door between government, intelligence, and big tech's institution is absolutely startling. And there needs, what I think there needs to be, I, I don't think you can create a law that prevents that, but I do think that we should know about it. Like people that are, that are using these platforms need to know about what's going on in these, uh, in these big social media companies and how the information is being massaged and what the intelligence community is, is doing. So, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, and, um, you know, if you have any comments, let me know. Uh, if you get a chance to listen to some of the Supreme court arguments, they're very fascinating and they will have an effect on your life. No question how these are decided will definitely have effect on your life and your kid's life. So, uh, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time.